You know, the mission of Taylorville Christian Church is to love God and love others. Everything that we do as a, as a church is designed to do just that. And we choose that mission because it comes from the words of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 22, Jesus was asked, of the 613 commands that we find in the Old Testament, which are the most important? Which are the ones that we should live by? And this is the way that Jesus responded. He said this in Matthew 27, 22, verse 37. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Love God. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love others. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Jesus is so clear that we're supposed to be focused in on loving God and loving others, and that's what we've tried to do as a church. Now the question is, how do we do that? How do we live that out? What's our strategy for loving God and loving others in this community? And we put it in three words, pretty simple, gather, grow, and go. And the idea is this, we gather for worship. That's what we're doing today, this morning, in this place, at this time, lifting up the name of Jesus. And second, we grow. We grow in lots of different opportunities. Our Beyond Churchwide Study will be one of those, where we grow in our relationships with others and in our relationship with God. And then third, we go. We go into the community, and that's what Invite Your One is, and invite people to be part of what we're doing here and to grow in a relationship with God as well. So gather, grow, and go. And for the next three weeks, I want us to go back to basics and think about those three words. So today, we're thinking about the first of those, to gather. What does it mean for us to gather as a church? It's all about worship. Now today, we've got some changes in our, in our gathering setting. Maybe you're here today at a different time. Some of you came to a different worship service. Maybe you're singing some songs that are a little bit different for you. The style of worship is different. Or maybe you're sitting in a different place. Some of you, I didn't even know you came to church here because the last five years you've been in the balcony. And today I get to see you. So welcome to Taylorville Christian Church. I'm glad you're here, okay? It's good to see you today. So some things are a little bit different. And quite honestly, Change can make us a little uncomfortable, can it? There's some discomfort in change, in sitting in a different place, in singing different songs, or maybe coming at a different time. And if we're honest, maybe we're a little resistant to change. We all are in different ways, especially when we think about the kinds of songs that we sing. Now, I love a wide variety of songs. I can worship with the hymns that, that maybe you grew up with. I grew up with those hymns, and, and like in our first service today, we sang all hymns, and that brings back some memories to me. I mean, it takes me back to sitting with my grandparents in worship, and those songs mean a lot to me, and they are powerful. There's some powerful words there. And in fact, that's why I think we see some, some worship artists taking the words and, and maybe the tune to some of the older hymns and and bringing them freshly to us. And then I can worship great with some of the songs that we sang today. Some of the newer songs are powerful to me. They address God. They tell us something about God and what the, the kind of life we're supposed to live. That too is powerful and it leads me in worship. But you know, there's some things that can make me uncomfortable in worship, right? A few years ago, Leanne and I were at a conference of church leaders and, and church people, and at the end of one of the main sessions in the evening, they did something a little different. They invited the youth to come in to the main session, and we concluded the evening with a worship concert by a group called For King and Country. Anybody know that group? 
few of you? Okay. Now, when I watch their videos or hear them on the radio, it's fine, okay? It seems normal. I worship along with that. But in this worship concert, sort of they, they, they were getting ready, there was a break between, and I think they probably brought on stage about 153 drums, okay? And when it started, they were sure to use them all, many times, okay? And flashing lights and smoke, and, you know, I could tell from just the first few minutes, this was not something I was going to enjoy. And it was not something that I was going to really be engaged in worship. And sure enough, I was right, okay? I was glad when it was over. And my ears were glad when it was over. But down front, there were several hundred junior high and high school students and they were totally engaged, completely engaged in worshiping God. And you know, it was okay that it didn't fit my style because they were worshiping. And sometimes we have to go down that road of being a little bit uncomfortable because there are some people who need to grow in their relationship with God and find out who He is. Maybe you've been through a similar experience. I mean, worship can really bring out some pretty strong feelings in us, and especially music, because music is emotional. That's the power of music. It brings something out in us, and that's true of worship music. And so sometimes it is a little bit, it's difficult when the worship music sounds different from what we're used to. And so it's a challenge for church leaders, whether we're talking about elders or staff or worship leaders. What do we choose so that people can grow in their relationship with God? How do we decide what is part of a worship service? I want us to think about that for a few minutes this morning. And we're going to go to Scripture and think about what Scripture has to say about that, because that's what's ma what matters. But, but here's what I know. We would sort of love it if somewhere in the Bible they gave us a copy of a bulletin from maybe September 15th, 40 A.D., from First Christian Church in Jerusalem, right? Because then we would know. We would know exactly what worship should be like. Okay, we would have a biblical example of what should be in a worship service and the kind of songs that should be sung and what it looked like because we're all about that. We're all about looking to Scripture and understanding what the church was like in the first century and what do we learn from them. Here we look at the book of Acts. And we see that the church was engaged in gathering in people's homes. They worshiped together. They shared meals together. They sang praises together. They prayed together. They gathered around the table for the Lord's Supper. If you look through the, the uh, letters of Paul, you'll see the same thing. Like describing the early church. And we learn from that, and then we apply it in our day. But there's no example of here's exactly what their worship looked like. And we sort of love it if it was there. But it's not. And you know, God knows exactly what we need. God has supplied exactly what we in the 21st century need to know to be the church that he's called us to be. And he didn't give us that order of service. And my guess is we don't have it because we don't need it. And I'm thinking that maybe God understood all the way back at the beginning of the church that it would be important for every generation to take worship and to reinterpret it and understand it in new ways so that we could worship Him in new ways. 
so that each generation had the opportunity to express themselves in ways that made sense and led them to worship God. And so worship changes, right? In the Middle Ages, there was a lot of chanting in worship. We don't chant a lot in our worship services, do we? And in fact, nobody is saying today, man, I wish that we could keep the, the chant, the great chants of the Middle Ages alive so that we could to treasure them as a church. We're not interested in that. Worship has changed. So where do we begin? One of the great passages that I think we could begin with is found over in Colossians chapter 3. There's a great section here that's all about how do you decide who you are as a Christian? How do you decide who you are as a church? In Colossians 3, 15 through 17, read that later. I'm just going to read verse 16. This is what it says. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly. Okay, hang on to that. The message of Jesus, that's where we're starting. As you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom. Okay, so the setting here is the wisdom of Christ, the message of Christ. We're growing together. We're teaching one another. How? Through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. What's Paul saying? He's saying when you gather for worship, you're going to sing songs, and he lists different kinds of songs, and we're not entirely sure what all those mean, but the point is, there's different ones, and part of the point is, we're singing to God and expressing praise, and we're also teaching one another. But where did it begin? The message of Christ. So Paul brings all that together in one verse and says, when you gather for worship, the, the starting point has got to be Jesus. If you start with Jesus, you're going to be on the right road. If you begin with your focus on who Jesus is and what he's done and how he transforms us and offers us eternal life, if you start there, you're on the right road. If you don't start there, you're going to end up in a mess. Now, you can do some great things in worship, but if it's not about Jesus, then it's not Christian worship. And so we've got to start with this focus on Jesus Christ. And so that's what we do. We want this time to be all about Jesus. Now, I could make a list of things that I really would like to do in worship. I could make a list of my favorite songs, and guess what? They're probably not your favorite songs. But if they're focused on Jesus, that's a good place to start. And if we're reading God's Word that focuses on Jesus, that's another good place to start. So, so that's where we begin. But I want us to see one other scripture that I think helps us understand this. It's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Paul's talking about his general approach to bringing people in who maybe have a flawed understanding of the gospel or don't know the gospel. Here's what he says. Verse 22, to the weak... I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all people so that by all possible means I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel that I may share in its blessings. Paul is saying whatever it takes. Okay? Whatever it takes, that's what I'm going to do to make sure people know Jesus. Whatever I've got to do to make myself uncomfortable, then I'll do it. To sing songs I don't know, I'll do it. To learn something I haven't learned before, I'll do it. You see, the amazing thing is, 
is that worship gives us an opportunity to speak to people who don't know Jesus, and we should use it. And Paul says, use whatever you've got. And so, sometimes we make ourselves uncomfortable. Why do we do it? So that our children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren and nieces and nephews can come to know Jesus and can spend eternity with him. It's that important. It matters that much. And so, sometimes we purposefully go into what is uncomfortable because we know it's an opportunity to reach people who don't know Jesus. So, when we gather for worship, how do we decide what to do? In worship, we want to engage people with God. That's what it's all about. To take people who walk in this room and connect with them, with the God who created them and loves them and offers them eternal life. That's what we want to do when people come in this room. You know, the truth is, none of us are here by accident. You were not driving up Webster Street this morning about 8.55 thinking, I don't know what I'm going to do this morning, were you? You came here on purpose. And people walk in this room every Sunday morning on purpose. They're not here by accident. It's an opportunity to connect with God. And so, as we think about what we do in worship, we have these twin purposes, if you will. There are people here who have worshipped in this room for a long time or in other rooms that are a lot like this one, maybe for decades. And we gathered here to lift up the name of Jesus, and we should have. We're here to worship God. It's all about that. And we have experiences that we bring in this room and memories that we bring in this room and things that we know about worship, and, and we celebrate all of that. And then there are people who are looking for a connection with a God they really don't know. Maybe they've heard something about Jesus. Maybe they know that there's a deep need in their lives that at this moment is going unmet. And that maybe Jesus is the answer. Maybe Jesus could make the difference. And we take this opportunity to begin to connect them with this God who loves them. Now those two purposes, for people who've been here a while and people who are exploring faith, and reaching both of those groups of people sometimes takes strategies and styles and worship opportunities and experiences that are not exactly the same. They don't always mesh, but, but we've got to do both. And so for some of us, we choose to be a little uncomfortable because we want to reach people who don't know Jesus. Think about it this way. If God had decided to call me and my family, which he is not, and I'm glad he is not, called us to be missionaries to Japan, okay? I could go to Japan, I could take everything I own there and take my family there, and we could open up shop and start a church, and we could have our first worship service, and it could be in English, and I could lead some songs, some songs I'm really familiar with, and they would be great, and maybe I'd have somebody talented like this group of people who are up here today who could sing and play instruments, and the quality would be great, everything perfect, and guess who would show up? Probably no one because it doesn't fit the culture. It doesn't fit the language. There's nothing out there that would engage people with God because it would all be foreign. 
I could choose to do that. And I could fail in my mission. Kerry Newhoff sort of says a lot of us do this even in our culture. He said it this way, many Christians let their preferences keep unchurched people from the promises of Christ. I've done that because I've made it all about me, right? And, And what I want in worship, what I like to sing in worship, the scriptures I like to hear, the experiences I like. And when we do that, we hold people away from the promises that God has offered them. Now, if I was in Japan, the answer would be learn the language. Speak a language that people would understand. Bring in musical styles that would be meaningful to the people in that culture. Use constructs that would make sense to them. And share the message of Jesus. You know, in some ways, what we need to do as a church, as Christians, is to think about, okay, what if I were, even though this culture is familiar to me, even though I've lived in the United States for a long time, maybe all my life, what if I were a missionary to this place in this time? What if I were a missionary to Taylorville, Illinois, right now? What would I do? You know, the most popular and fastest growing style of music in our culture is country western. And maybe the thing that would reach people the most is a country western service. I can tell you James Jones would not love that, all right? It's not me. But you know, what if we knew that if we started a cowboy service, there would be some people in our community and maybe the communities that surround us who would come to know Jesus. Should we do it? Yeah. We should do it. Would it make me uncomfortable? Would it make some of you uncomfortable? Maybe so. But would it be worth it? If our goal in worship is to engage people with God and in that way fulfill our mission to love God and love others, we should do it. We should make ourselves uncomfortable to fulfill the mission that God has given us. Let's pray together. That sometimes our desire is more about our comfort than about your mission. So God, we ask that you would help us to focus in on the mission you've given us. To love you and to love the people around us. God, help us to be people who do that when we gather for worship or when we come together to grow in our relationship with you or when we go in our community. God, we pray it all in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing.